Section two of the National Geographic Magazine, Volume six. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Marianne. Geographic Progress of Civilization, Part two. Greece. From Persia, we turn to Europe and to Greece, the country with which Asia had for many centuries close connection. As the geographic situation of Phoenicia gave commerce to the world, so the position of Greece, a short distance west of Phoenicia, gave a further and greater advance to civilization. Greece, the smallest of the three peninsulas of Europe, is the most bountifully endowed by nature. In variety of physical features it excels the countries of Europe, as Europe excels the other continents. Into its small territory are gathered all the peculiarities of the continent to which it belongs, mountains valleys rivers a lovely climate and fine scenery seas with deep gulfs studded with islands the largest extent of sea-coast in proportion to its territory of any country its mountain ranges opening to the sea enclose fertile valleys which naturally led to the formation of autonomous communities in which each developed its own political social and artistic life independently of all others no other country possessed within such narrow limits so many different characteristics of humanity and such varied tastes pursuits and amusements fond of liberty bold and adventurous never acting together unless driven by the necessity of an alliance against a common foe there were yet bonds of unity in the poems of homer in their religion in their temples and especially in their games the gulfs of corinth and aegina now connected by a canal divide greece into parts each antagonistic to the other on the one side were the dorians represented by sparta on the other the ionians represented by athens the one an oligarchy the other a democracy in the one tyranny of the state in the other freedom of the family in the one contempt for labor in the other work honorable alike for all war and hunting the sole occupation of the spartans commerce the arts and sciences the pursuit of the athenians the government of athens was at first democratic a government of the people by families and tribes its life and death struggle with the persians compelled the athenians to build a navy and assume the leadership of greece and to change the form of government if greece had been defeated her whole civilization would have been crushed by eastern despotism and neither her artistic nor her spiritual life would have been possible greece was the home of individual freedom and democracy of great philosophers poets architects sculptors and painters though greece and athens fell it was only to spread their influence and their learning far and wide to greece we owe the separation of church and state for it is the earliest nation of which we have any knowledge where the king and priest were not united in the same person the development of philosophy literature and art and the ideas of democracy and the personality of man rome the geographic position of italy a neighbor of greece bordering on gaul and not far from spain dividing the mediterranean into two distinct parts was admirably adapted to make her capital in the middle of italy rome the centre of the ancient world its mistress rome had the genius of government her rule was not that of a race for she united hundreds of different races in the state the east and west contributed to her greatness the provinces which became tributary to her enjoyed in healthfulness and fertility of soil in variety of vegetal and mineral products 
and in natural facilities for transportation and distribution of exchangeable commodities advantages that have not been possessed in equal degree by any territory of like extent in the old world or the new from mesopotamia came cotton and silk and from india precious stones from arabia and blessed came spices grain came from egypt and sicily elephants lions and tigers for her coliseum and circus from africa gold and silver from spain iron copper and tin from england gladiators from gaul and germany even the harvest of egypt and the wealth of asia could not forever supply the demands of the roman emperor and support in idleness and luxury the people of rome some of the countries from which rome had long drawn its supplies became exhausted of their fertility and so diminished in productiveness as to be no longer capable of affording sustenance even to their own inhabitants while others refused to be still longer subject to the despotic rule of rome lands which from their abundance sustained a population scarcely inferior to that of the whole christian world of the present day became entirely unproductive or at least capable of supporting only the few tribes which wander over their deserts while this exhaustion of the national resources was going on the gauls and germans taught the art of war by their conflicts with the romans once and yet again crossed the alps and carried war into the heart of italy the goths huns and vandals with hordes from far distant deserts of tartary and mongolia poured through the fastnesses of the alps and rome fell to rome we owe the idea of universal dominion the merging of all nations into one and the civil law we have now finished our review of the nations of the old world and have shown that all nations pass through similar stages of progress from savagery to a more or less advanced state of barbarism and that beyond these stages nations have rarely if ever progressed without a change in their surroundings or contact with other peoples certain nations like egypt arabia and china had an early development and since then have been persistent but have made no progress while other highly civilized nations like the babylonians assyrians phoenicians grecians and romans have had their times of development progress and decay in these nations except in greece civilization was confined to the rulers and the noble families while the people were sunk in the deepest degradation and without true civilization we turn now to the modern nations from asia to europe africa and america scandinavia after the fall of rome the first revival of civilization seems to have come from the far north the land of the midnight sun a slight knowledge of the geography of europe will show why scandinavia the home of the vikings was the first to awake from the lethargy of the dark ages though it lies far away in the northernmost part of europe yet the winds and waves from the gulf stream bathe its shores and give it a more equable climate than that of new england whoever looks at the map of norway and sees its gulfs bays numerous fjords and fine harbors probably exceeding in number those of all the other countries of europe will see what gave her the vikings a race of seamen and why her population when they found no room on their own shores sailed for other lands and occupations they early became pirates and freebooters then founded colonies on the coasts of north sea in france on the coasts of italy and sicily in england the orkney islands iceland and greenland in the geographic position of their country and in their habits they somewhat resembled the inhabitants of tyre and sidon italy though scandinavia opened a new era for commerce and for a time was all-powerful on the ocean yet the northmen did little for the development of higher civilization 
for progress in the arts and sciences we must return to the shores of the mediterranean italy situated in the middle of the mediterranean the peninsula of europe which extends furthest southward rich in its valleys and fine harbors the land of the vine and fig tree is the only country which has had a renaissance the ships of venice and genoa became the carriers of europe exchanging the products of the orient for the goods and wares of europe and when constantinople fell and the church of the east was overthrown rome a second time became the capital of the world the church was separated from the state and the pope became the spiritual head of the world the practical and reasoning mind of the north could not long bear this rule the discovery of america the invention of the printing press and the personality and independence of northern europe produced luther and the reformation broke up the old regime and brought in a new life to europe spain from italy the wave of civilization which rolled over the peninsula of the mediterranean at last reached iberia the spain and portugal of today the greater portion of this peninsula is an elevated plateau dry and hot in summer cold in winter its southern and western coasts only having the climate and products of greece and southern italy the difference of climate and the admixture with more southern races has given the spaniards and portuguese a different complexion temperament and character from the inhabitants of northern europe the sea-coast and harbors of portugal invited its people to send out ships on voyages of discovery and trade along the coast of africa the peace which followed the war of ferdinand and isabella with the moors left a multitude of restless spirits ready for any rash undertaking and for them the discovery of america opened a wide field of adventure and led to the conquest of the new world and the orient gold and silver poured into spain the labor of slaves was substituted for that of the freemen and spain became the first nation of the world extending her empire over central europe and the netherlands but wealth luxury and the religious despotism which reached highest development in the inquisition led her to conflict with great britain and finally to her fall great britain protected by her insular position from foreign invasion with a mild climate abundant rainfall fertile soil good harbors and vast mineral wealth is most favorably situated for a great nation yet for many generations before the discovery of america the britons made little progress in population wealth or civilization later hawkins drake and others saw that the african slave trade was very profitable so with the aid of elizabeth they built ships captured negroes in africa and carried them to the west indies where they were sold as slaves their followers became buccaneers and pirates finding that occupation still more profitable leaders and seamen were thus trained for the war with spain which resulted in the destruction of the armada and made england a maritime power she founded colonies in north america captured islands in the west indies and pacific and subsequently acquired india cape colony and the gold coast in africa with all of australia and new zealand england became a great commercial and mercantile nation a mother of nations coal and iron mines were opened the steam engine and steamships were invented she became a manufacturing nation the carrier and banker of the world and her wealth and prosperity increased and still continues to grow africa over against greece and italy and in sight of the iberian peninsula is africa the eldest of the continents the birthplace of european civilization in its physical aspect its population and its civilization africa is unlike the other continents 
It is a huge peninsula, with few bays and gulfs, scarcely any islands, without good harbors, or rivers navigable from the ocean into the interior. It has only one-fourth as much sea-coast in proportion to its area as Europe, and only one-third as much as America. It is the only continent in which the largest part of its territory lies within the tropics. As the earth here spontaneously furnishes food for the sustenance of man, and as only scanty clothing is required, all inducements to either mental or manual labor are wanting. In all the continents we find traces of inhabitants of a different race from those now peopling them, but in no other country are the movements of different races so well marked as in Africa. The Arabs who now inhabit the northern part of Africa drove the former occupants, the Bantus, toward central Africa. They in their turn dispossessed the Negro, while the Negro dispossessed the dwarfs, and their kinfolk the Bushmen and the Hottentots, who were probably the Aborigines. The dwarfs retreated into the thick woods of the interior, the Bushmen and the Hottentots to the extreme southern lands of Africa. Cape Colony, in the southern part of Africa, in a mountainous region with salubrious climate and considerable fertile soil, was settled by the Dutch in 1652, only thirty years subsequent to the landing of the pilgrims at Plymouth. For over one hundred years the English have held it, but the population today is only 1,530,000 of whom but 370,000 are whites and 1,160,000 Africans. It should have been a fit home for the white race, but they have not flourished there. Contrast Cape Colony with the Argentine Republic, on the same parallel of latitude and with a similar climate. The immigration into that state within the last ten years has been over 1.2 million. In 1869 the population was 1,877,000, in 1891 5.2 million. Natal, formerly occupied by a small number of Boers, was seized by the British in 1843, when it had only a few inhabitants. It possesses great advantages of soil, a semi-tropical but agreeable and healthful climate. The land, rising in plateaus from the coast, affords several varieties of temperature. Emigrants at different times have poured into the colony, yet although fifty years have elapsed since the settlement by the British, Natal has only 46,000 Europeans, out of a population of over 540,000. Great numbers of Negroes, refugees from the neighboring Zulu country, have settled in Natal, attracted by the good government of the English. Algeria, in the north temperate zone, has a climate like that of Spain, Italy, and Greece. It was conquered by the French and has been held by them over 60 years. France has sent many colonists to Algeria, but the increase in the European population has been very slow and for a long time the deaths exceeded the births. The population in 1893 was estimated at 4,124,000, including about 267,000 French and 215,000 other Europeans. The French have had little better success in northern Africa than the English in the south. Within the last 15 years the nations of Europe have made a few settlements in different parts of Africa, the results of which cannot be foretold. America the physical geography of America is essentially different from that of the Old World, very largely by reason of the fact that in the one the mountains run north and south, in the other east and west. It has less ocean front to the square mile than Europe, more than either Asia or Africa. When America was discovered, its northern temperate region was occupied by numerous tribes of Indians, living by hunting and fishing, almost always at war with one another. South of Ohio River, the land was more easily tilled, and the tribes that inhabited it, 
unlike the aborigines of new england and new york cultivated a little ground and were less savage still further southward in georgia alabama and mississippi the cherokees choctaws and natchez had an organized government with fixed places of residence and tribal rights they relied for their support more on agriculture than on the chase and fishing the pueblos in new mexico and arizona inhabiting the cliff dwellings had advanced to a still higher state of civilization among the pueblos as well as among the more highly civilized tribes of central america where other tribes living in the same territory much more savage than their neighbors and in some cases even more savage than the indians of new england still further southward in central america in a warmer zone tempered by its high mountains was a higher civilization than in the north unfortunately we know little either of this people or of the incas of peru on the pacific coast of north america in a territory fifty miles wide and one thousand miles long were a vast number of different races and languages in south america there was a greater variety of race and language than in north america east of the sierra nevada in south america is the richest valley of the torrid or temperate zone watered by the orinoco and the amazon a rich soil with a moist and hot climate and an abundance of rain produces a most luxuriant vegetation mr buckle says here where physical resources are the most powerful where the soil is watered by the noblest rivers the coast studded by the finest harbors the profusion of nature has hindered the social progress and opposed the accumulation of wealth without which progress is impossible fortunately most valuable timber in the rubber tree quinine and tapioca yield abundant harvests without the labor of planting and watching from seed time to harvest and by quick gains for light works offer inducements to the laborer to acquire habits of industry the inhabitants of this region are a mixed race of spaniards indians and negroes numbering about thirty seven million of which twenty one per cent are white thirty five per cent indians forty per cent mixed and six per cent negroes in all these countries even those where there are few whites the pure indian is steadily giving way to the mixed blood apparently the product of natural selection it would seem from this that the climate and country are better adapted to the increase of mixed blood than either the spanish or the indian central america and south america were settled by the latin race north america by the french and english the french early founded settlements on the st lawrence and have ever since occupied the larger portion of its valley though their population has never spread outside of this territory and portions of new england they are a hardy frugal and industrious race living in a cold unfruitful country all their strength and resources are expended in obtaining a scanty livelihood leaving them without opportunity to develop the artistic tastes and culture natural to the french race the united states owes its rapid growth and prosperity largely to the valley of the mississippi this great valley slopes from the east and west and toward the south and has the largest extent of rich arable land in the temperate zone west of the missouri are great plains and further westward among the rockies great parks and plateaus with short summers and long winters so dry that neither heat nor cold are unpleasant here also are great mineral veins bearing gold and silver lead and copper iron and coal with rapid streams fit country for the miner the manufacturer and the herdsman in the far west where there are only from five to fifteen inches of rainfall numerous irrigating ditches have been made and by means of the storm water collected in reservoirs the desert has been made to yield most abundant harvests 
the english and their descendants have never mingled with the indians but have driven them from their homes following the example of every other nation of the old world in occupying the territory of the aborigines as soon as the rich plains and fertile prairies of the ohio and mississippi valleys were explored thousands and tens of thousands of immigrants from the old and new world flocked into a region where they could obtain homesteads for the asking this emigration benefited both continents for the population and wealth of the old world has rapidly increased since emigration began and never in the history of the world has so much wealth been created as by the settlement and cultivation of those valleys although the blood of many nations is mingled in the united states we find the same peculiarities prevailing among the same parallels of latitude to-day that existed in the old world and in the colonies when every country was settled the people of the north are more practical and more inventive than the people of the south in the northern states in eighteen ninety one one patent was issued to each three thousand two hundred and fifty seven of the population in the southern states one to every eleven thousand one hundred and eighty one of the population in connecticut one to every nine hundred and sixty five in mississippi one to every twenty three thousand four hundred and forty seven slavery was early introduced into the united states but its increase was very slow until the cotton gin was invented when the raising of cotton became profitable and the slave population necessary to the cultivation rapidly increased it is impossible to ascertain how many negroes were imported into the united states between sixteen nineteen when the first cargo was landed at jamestown and eighteen o eight when the trade ceased by account made prior to the revolution the number of slaves was a little over five hundred thousand the first census in seventeen ninety two showed seven hundred and fifty seven thousand colored most of whom were slaves in eighteen sixty one there were four million four hundred and forty thousand of which four hundred and eighty eight thousand were free since the abolition of slavery the blacks have concentrated upon lands at once both hot and moist in the middle of the gulf states and have increased more rapidly than the whites in the states of south carolina georgia alabama mississippi and louisiana the negroes have increased seventy per cent the whites sixty per cent table showing the relative increase of negroes in the gulf states eighteen sixty negroes two million one hundred and four thousand whites two million one hundred and twenty thousand total four million two hundred and twenty four thousand eighteen seventy negroes two million two hundred and forty five thousand whites two million one hundred and ninety five thousand total four million four hundred and forty thousand eighteen eighty negroes three million sixty four thousand whites two million eight hundred and five thousand total five million eight hundred and sixty nine thousand eighteen ninety negroes three million five hundred and twenty eight thousand whites three million three hundred and seventy seven thousand total six million nine hundred and five thousand jamaica and san domingo a healthy climate fertile soil good harbors and luxuriant vegetation or even a large and prosperous white population are not sufficient to ensure progress in civilization jamaica the queen of the antilles is one of the loveliest islands of the west indies with a tropical climate on the coast in the interior high mountains with a temperate climate a sea breeze by day and a land breeze by night stronger than are found elsewhere in slavery times the sugar and coffee properties made the planters of jamaica the richest men of england and the white population steadily increased while the deaths among the slaves exceeded the births and the number was kept up only by the average annual importation of nine thousand slaves the abolition of slavery caused the failure of the planters the decrease of the white population 
the abandonment of the greater part of the plantations and properties, and the rapid increase of the blacks. In 1861, there were 13,816 whites, 81,074 mixed, 346,376 blacks, total 441,266. The proportion was one white man to six mixed or mulattoes and 24 blacks. Today it is one white man to four mixed and 60 blacks, the total population being 639,491. San Domingo is even more beautiful than Jamaica. It has a healthful climate, high mountains, beautiful scenery, fine harbors, a fertile soil which repays with three harvests a year the labor of the husbandman. The first European settlements in America were on this island 400 years ago. As the Indian proved incapable of enduring the hard labor imposed by the Spaniards, La Casas introduced Negroes to save the life of the Indian. His efforts were unsuccessful, for the Indians, numbering it is said two million when the Spaniards landed, have all perished. The white man ruled for nearly three hundred years. Vast fortunes were made. The returns from slave labor were so great that the carrying trade employed fourteen hundred vessels with crews of fifty thousand men. About one hundred years ago the blacks of Haiti threw off the French yoke, murdered the white men, and established what they called the Republic. San Domingo subsequently threw off the Spanish yoke and declared itself free and independent. The Spaniards were killed as the French had been. The white man perished even as the Indian perished, and all trade and prosperity passed away. Since then both states have sunk into the deepest barbarism, and the people, three-fourths black and one-fourth mixed blood, are daily becoming more savage. Fetichism and cannibalism are combined, and the people have fallen lower in the scale of civilization than the Negroes of Africa. The most favored places in the world for climate, fertility of soil, and ease of access are, first, the West Indies, next, the islands of Oceania. Surpassing these in fertility, and equaling them in salubrity of climate, is the valley of the Amazon. These regions are now inhabited by the Negro, the Polynesian, and the Indian. The Negro in the equatorial regions, unless held as a slave, supplants the white man. The Polynesian and Indian both fade before the civilization of the white man. In the valley of the Amazon a mixed race of whites and Indians seems persistent, and the white element by a kind of natural selection predominates. A late writer says that these regions must be given up to inferior races. To this conclusion we cannot agree. In the progress of civilization man with his inventions and discoveries by the applied power of steam and electricity, has practically annihilated time and space. In the early history of man, he was controlled by and subject to his environment, which shaped his life and formed his character. Now he in turn controls his environment. In our homes we temper the summer heat and make an equatorial climate in winter. We daily provide our tables with all the products of each season of the year and every clime. We have begun to understand and combat the microbes of the tropical regions that have brought sickness and death in their train. We have followed the progress of civilization from the rising to the setting sun. We have witnessed its decay in one country, followed by the rise of a higher civilization in another. We have seen it cross the Atlantic to the New World, where it has spread, ever widening and deepening its scope, until it has leavened the whole mass of humanity. We began with the proposition that in all the ages of the past, civilization has been confined to the favored regions lying in the temperate zone, but with ever-increasing knowledge there seems to be no reason to doubt that man will eventually bring under subjection all the adverse conditions of physical life and become the master of his environment, until the whole earth, 
even those regions heretofore supposed to be entirely unfit for habitation, shall own his power and become the abode of the highest intelligence and greatest civilization. End of section 2